Well, I've been thinking about what to share with you all as part of this podcast and a lot of questions I've been getting lately are, what do you actually do in an NLP coaching session? How is it structured and what kind of results can I expect? And this is kind of a hard question to answer because NLP is an art and science. The science comes from the processes and the techniques that are proven to create deep and lasting change at the unconscious level and help people live in alignment and move towards what they want in life and clear the past. But the art comes from the fact that no two human beings in this world are the same. So there's no such thing as a textbook cookie cutter NLP coaching session. And that's what can make it so challenging for people when they're starting out as a coach because you need to trust that if you've been taught by an incredible and passionate NLP trainer, as I obviously am, then no, honestly, if you're taught by someone that really teaches you the fundamentals and the frameworks and you understand the processes, then when you're in the moment with a client, you will know what to do. And in this week's episode, I have the absolute honor of being able to share an insight into a one-on-one coaching session with a dear, dear client of mine who she's actually never been a coaching client. She's come to workshops and retreats in the last few years. And, and I, when I thought about running this podcast, I thought about who I would really love to give back to. And she came to mind. And so I offered for her to have a coaching session with me in exchange for me being able to record it and share some of the insights with you as my listeners. And so she shares this part of her with you all as a blessing in a way to help others in this world to feel clearer about what to kind of expect in a coaching session. But the caveat comes from the fact that no two coaches are the same. So obviously, if you were to work with me as a coach or learn from me as an NLP trainer, that's a very different experience to if you work with someone who has been trained and maybe has a very different approach. And this is the thing with with coaching and with training and education and everything is to work with someone that you align with and that you trust their message and it's going to be authentic and it's going to work for you. So obviously I'm biased and I'm going to tell you that my training is incredible, but that's because I've put in so much and I really do walk my walk and talk my talk. So please bear that in mind when you listen to this this recording and this podcast this week is there's no two clients that are same, but there's also no two coaches that are the same. And so that's where if you're wanting to get into the field of coaching, I think this is where a lot of people trip up is they compare themselves to others. And that's really not necessary because you're unique and your clients will be attracted to you because of who you are and the work that you've done and the message that you really have at at the forefront of, of why you're doing what you're doing in the world. So This was a beautiful uh, coaching session and I am going to share some sections of it, not the whole lot, but it's going to give you an insight into the kind of questioning that we ask to get really clear on a problem. Naturally, in a normal coaching relationship, I would have done what's called a detailed personal history and I would have you know, gone through a lot more pre-framing and, and, and more questioning. But for the purposes of this podcast episode, I really just wanted to give an insight. And, you know, there were a number of different tools that I thought that I would use, potentially timeline therapy. But in this particular case, what was very evident was that the the client, Narin, she was dealing with what 
is called a parts conflict or an inner conflict where a part of her could exercise one, one type of behavior in a work context, but in a personal context, she couldn't access that behavior. And so we worked on a parts integration and honestly, it was a beautiful session to be able to run for Narin. So enjoy this week's episode of Relaunch My Life Radio, an insight into an NLP coaching session with me. And if you have any questions at all about this week's episode, you can always reach out to me at juliet at relaunchmylife.com.au. Welcome to Relaunch My Life Radio. I'm your host, Juliet Lever. And a few years ago, I personally relaunched my own life from being a workaholic, alcoholic, and chocoholic to now living a life of my own design. I'm on a mission to free you from an unfulfilling job or passionless life. And so with 10-minute tips and 30-minute interviews and stories to tune into, tune into Relaunch My Life Radio to discover your highest potential and feel inspired to live a life of zero regrets. If you want more, be sure to hit subscribe and visit us at www.relaunchmyliferadio.com for more. Well, thank you so much for being here, Narin, and for sharing what you are going to share with our listeners. What would you like to work on with me tonight? I've got probably a couple of things. The good old eating the feelings, which is um, rearing its ugly head again, and Probably also a fair bit of anxiety that I have going on at the moment for literally no particular reason. It's just there. All right. Beautiful. So two things that you've identified and that's awesome. So let's talk about, first of all, the first one that you brought up then. So tell me a bit more about that. So when I'm stressed or anxious or feeling a little bit down, food is always my friend. Um, I know long-term food's not my friend. But when I'm feeling in the moment that I need to do something to make myself feel better, it's always been shoveling something in my mouth. So over the last probably three or four months, it started to come again and you know, escalate, escalate, escalate. And then um, when it gets to a point where I can you know, no longer realise that um, this is really not good for me, it stops. And then I ground myself and I, and I start again. And I feel like I'm, I'm up on that high pitch of the eating the feelings train at the moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so how is that a problem for you in your life doing this and having this behavior? So it's a problem because I've always struggled with weight and probably always um, struggled with like expressing my feelings. When I have them, I tend to shut them down and just stop communicating, I guess, going into my little bubble. And whilst I'm in my little bubble, I'm all nice and safe and not vulnerable. But as soon as I start having the conversations or, or I guess, addressing the feelings, the, the need to shut them up by putting something in my mouth tends to take over. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks. And so, so feeling like you struggle with your weight and, and not being able to express your feelings, how is that, how is that a problem? How does that impact you? So it impacts me because... I guess I always feel like I'm censoring myself. So um, so I always have to triple think before I say things. I don't just open my mouth and say what I think or feel or or anything like that. I tend to to think on it, procrastinate on it, and then probably sugarcoat it a little bit rather than actually saying what I need to say. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so just take a deep breath. I can feel you getting pretty connected with what you're talking about. So this is important. 
so 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 then you know that what you've just articulated then that's a that's a bit of a deeper problem then so how's that a problem having to sort of really think about things and procrastinate on things like what how's that a problem I guess it's an everyday problem because I've I've always struggled um here we go we're not even five minutes in that's all right um (laughs) I because I've always struggled with um like Asperger's and stuff like that I've always had to think about what I say before I say it so I don't say anything silly and um yeah so I think it's just translated through the whole life I guess that I think through everything I say before I open my mouth yeah and that's what that's is it tiring or like what is what is the feeling that you have it's exhausting it's exhausting exhausting. Yeah. yeah can imagine okay so when you say that you've always struggled with it because you know you had Asperger's when when were you diagnosed with that at 21 actually okay and so yeah and so you weren't it wasn't like when you were a child or anything like that so when what about before you were diagnosed what what you said you've always struggled with it was there ever a time when you just kind of said whatever was on your mind and you didn't have that that sense to stop things and check things before you say it? I used to do it a lot when I was a child and it used to get me into a lot of, I guess, trouble um, at school, at home, with family, friends, just because I used to always say what I thought. And uh, I'm guessing that throughout the years of being told to stop and think before you say just Mm -hmm. kind of resonates and still sits with me. Yeah. Okay. And so now like you've got a pretty clear awareness of what's kind of right and wrong to say in life. What would it mean for you to be able to, to just sort of be able to trust yourself to say the right things now and, and be able to express yourself, including your, your feelings that you wouldn't need to have that barrier or that, that censoring on yourself. What would that mean for you? It would be so weird. <laughs> it would feel totally different. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm often second guessing what I say in everything apart from professional life I tend to do okay in that yeah so what 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 do you do differently in your in your personal life to your professional life I think I'm more confident in my professional life Mm -hmm. and that that Narin that you that is confident in your professional life what does she know that she could teach the the personal you the real you I guess she knows her shit (laughs) and is kind of like a a specialist in what she does and can just get shit done and provide information and support for for people that need that sort of information that she she has. Good. So you know that, you know, if there's resources that you have in one area in your professional life, that you can carry those across into your personal life and it's just a matter of being able to align those parts of you right so that's really exciting because it means it's not a behavior that's all the time it's just a a behavior that's happening some of the time so that's um that's really that's really cool so then when when you were talking about before that you've always struggled with your weight was there ever a time when you didn't struggle with your weight when I was younger and like I guess oh probably up until I was 18 Mm, okay and then what 
um, my grandma passed away. Okay. And how was that, like, what, what did you go through at that point? Lots. She was, um, like, the matriarch of the family and really the only person that I'm truly alike in my family. Mm -hmm. So we had lots in common and, you know, when she passed away, it was like black sheep time, I guess. Yeah. And so you had lots in common with her. And so when she passed away, then you mentioned that that's when you started putting on the weight? Yeah. Okay. So what were the sort of different behaviours that you had around that time then that caused you to put on the weight? Like is this when the, the pattern of the emotional eating, eating the feelings came about? Definitely. Okay. Because I was, I was like strong for everyone and I didn't really grieve probably for two years. Yeah. I just went about what I had to do. I helped organise funerals and stuff like that and I helped my mum and my granddad who moved in with us at the time through it and just kept doing the year 12. And then it wasn't until maybe even yeah, two years later that I actually dealt with it. Yeah. Okay. And so when you say you actually dealt with it, you felt the feelings and you processed all of that? Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. So um, so then let's just jump back a little bit. So you mentioned before that you've always struggled with your weight, but that's not true, is it? No, it's not actually. It's not true. So there's actually been, you know, a good chunk of your life where you didn't struggle with your weight at all. So that's really cool as well because, as, again, you've, you've got that resource and that knowledge of that that hasn't been the way things have always been. And there's also been a time in your life where you have been able to express yourself and you said that that was a child but, you know, that obviously got you a little bit into trouble. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I'm noticing that when you mentioned before about the 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 feeling like feeling like you always need to censor yourself and and triple think things before you say them I feel like yeah. this would be quite a powerful thing for you to shift and you being able to express yourself is going to dovetail into you being able to express your feelings as well because if you're having to hold back yourself in life personally then also in your personal realm you're going to be holding back. But I'd also like to do a little bit of just exploring on, on the emotion side of things as well and, and a big part of sometimes emotional eating. It's not about the eating, it's about the emotions and what are the feelings, and, and I'll give you some tasking after this as well, what are the feelings that aren't being expressed and aren't being acknowledged that we're wanting to distract from? And that's all it is. And I know that you're conscious of that, but having some tools to be able to support you with managing that during these sessions I think is going to really support you as well. So um, I I can totally get why you would be exhausted as well because it takes it takes a lot of energy to bottle up a lot of emotions and not express them because your body what basically happens and I don't know I know that we've spoken in workshops and retreats and things like that but um, what actually happens is is your unconscious mind it actually stores and represses emotions and memories until it believes that it's safe to to um to surface them and allow them to be resolved and so what's happening is if your unconscious mind is saying oh not ready to work on this not ready to work on this it's just bottling and bottling and bottling emotions as they're coming up because you don't have that outlet to feel free and safe to express yourself and so that is exhausting because you're having to store that energetically in your body and being able to release that is just going to help you feel so much lighter so much clearer and you're going to have a lot more energy as well 
So I want to just ask you, I want to dig in if it's all right. How are you going? Because I'm asking heaps of questions from just getting yeah, I'm good. Good. So good. I'm wondering if you can just sort of explain to me a little bit more around uh, when you were, you, you said that you've always struggled with expressing your feelings, but we know that that's not entirely true because there was a time when you did express things, but you got into yeah. trouble. So what's the, you know, when you think about expressing what you want or what you want to say and you triple think or, or triple check something, what's the thought that you have or, or what do you think or feel about needing to triple check things? Um, the, yeah, the I can't express myself it is it's definitely there, um, more so in personal life than professional life. It's like two different me's, which is crazy. Yeah, no, it's not. So it's Juliet here doing a bit of commentary on how this coaching session has gone so far. So it's really important to get to the root cause and understand what's happening. And so up till now, I've really just been understanding what's going on in Narin's unconscious mind that's creating this deeper problem. So the behaviors that she came in with her uh, behavior of you know anxiety and overeating and feeling stressed and all of that that's just behavior and we know from an NLP context we want to look at what's happening underneath the behavior so what's actually creating that external behavior and we know that it's something much deeper and so at this point what I've identified with Narin is that she actually has a parts conflict and this is an inner conflict at the unconscious level that's creating a lot of incongruence a lot of inconsistency where there's a part of her that feels like she can express herself at work but a part of her that feels like she can't express herself personally so it's at this point that I went forward with doing a parts integration intervention with Narin that took about 20 minutes and this was really fascinating because what we did together was we asked her to personify each of the parts at the conflict at the unconscious level and so the part of her that felt like she couldn't express herself was personified by her mother and the part of her that felt like she could express herself was personified by her grandmother so this was really beautiful and then what we did is we actually separated the behavior from the intention so what this means is that the part of her that felt like she couldn't express herself personally this was a limited part and it was a real part that felt like she had to keep her safe and help her to belong and to be a part of the family. But as we got deeper and deeper into this part, what she realized was that there was a very deep part in her that wanted to be happy, to conceive a child and to help people and be relaxed. And so then what we did is we understood the intention of the part of her that did feel like she could express herself. And this was represented by her grandmother. And this part also wanted her to have a family and to be able to relax and to get what she wanted. And so I've cut out the process in itself because it is quite a lengthy process because we're actually rebuilding neural network pathways in her mind, in the neurology, to help her to think outside the blocked part. So it was really quite fascinating and really quite beautiful. And you know, this is a process and a technique that you do as a practitioner need to have patience with because the client is really learning how to think outside the limitations of the block or the park part that's that's kept them stuck in inside that limited way of thinking up until now. So I'm I'm going to skip now to once the parts integration has finished and where Narin has received the insight and the learning so that you can hear how she feels. And really get a sense of the change that right now but I just want to ask you if you can notice that your hands are starting to move together now 
and that this so weird yeah good and because you can feel that these two parts that were firmly in opposition now you understand and you may notice that these two parts of you that were in opposition at the highest intention they want the same thing they want you to be happy and they were just going about it in different ways but the fact is you are a whole person and so as you feel your hands come together i want you to ask and invite if there are any other parts within you that wish to join in this integration now ask for any other parts within you within your unconscious mind to come in and join in the wholeness of this integration now and just take a few deep breaths and allow that energy now that perhaps has been trapped and stuck and going in that old direction that reduced part allow that energy now to come back into you so that you can relax that you can receive everything that you want in life. Take your time and when you're back in the room, let me know. Okay. Okay, I'm back. I wish I could give you a big hug through the, through the computer right now. <laughs> that works. So, how are you feeling? Enlightened. <laughs> Enlightened. Wow, that's a pretty nice state to be in. <laughs> Why are you feeling enlightened? Because I didn't realise what I wanted so bad because I stopped thinking about it. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Yeah. And so the before we started talking, you know, the tell me a bit about how you feel now about being able to express what you want. It feels quite empowering. I just want Scott to get home so I can tell him what I want. I feel a lot lighter and it's and it's easier to breathe like the whole way in. I'm a very shallow breather, so it's nice to like breathe the whole way in and like I just feel toasty and warm. <laughs> nice. Good. And then, you know, the fact that on the right hand side you had your grandma and there was obviously that really strong energetic connection with her when she passed away too you know there's so much resource that you can get from both these sides of you that now you're going to be you know in alignment and clear with yourself and, and what you want to do but the best thing you can do obviously is to free up more of this energy so that if and when you, you do you know when you do conceive your child that you've created that nice warm toasty environment for them as well to bake in <laughs> so that's really beautiful and it's an absolute honor um and uh so what i want to check though now is i just want you to talk to me a little bit about you know expressing yourself so now if you think about expressing yourself personally what do you what do you think and feel that i can say what i want that i don't have to i guess um dance around it because it, it I know that I want it and I, I feel confident in having that conversation. Good. And before you said that you, you felt like you always had to censor yourself. I, I mean, I feel that what's going to come out of my mouth is, is, is going to come out of it regardless and it is who I am and, and I shouldn't have to feel like I need to censor it. Yeah. Good. So 
before you said you always had to spend time, you know, second guessing what you're going to say and triple thinking and procrastinating on things. So now what, what feels different? Uh, just feels like my brain is open. <laughs> I know that sounds super weird, no. but it feels like my brain's open and I can just say what I want. What are your kind of three biggest takeaways? And then I'm going to let you go. <laughs> Uh, the first one is that it, it literally is okay to be me. Good. Um, the second one would be that to, to have the conversations that I, I know I want to have. Good. And the third one would be to bring more of my work self home. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Perfect. Well, enjoy it, and I'm sending you a big hug through the through the. Thanks you too. <laughs> and um and thank you so much for offering to share yourself in this way. And um, I'm thank you. Super super grateful, and you're going to help a lot of people. And I know that's really important to you. You know, this is going to help a lot of people. So thank you. So I'm going to wrap up the podcast episode here, but at this point I did a lot more testing and future pacing with Narin and checking that the change work that we had done was locked in place. And I also set her some tasking on writing down the emotions that she's feeling and also taught her a really quick and effective anxiety technique to help her to clear her anxiety and she realized that she won't have to have that anymore. So this was a really beautiful opportunity to share with you just an insight of what happens in a one one coaching session and the turnaround from the initial problem that that she came in with to the realization that she can say what she wants and she can express herself that's the key to the emotional eating you know these are emotions that have been wanting to be expressed and they've just been getting bottled down and she now has an anxiety technique to help her to stay relaxed and the amount of energy that will be freed up in her system as well as a result of the change that we made today is going to be profound so I'll check in with her and we'll do a follow-up session in a week or two's time and really just wanted to share this insight to answer some of your questions but again remember what I said at the beginning of the episode no two NLP coaching sessions are ever 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 the same because we're all unique individuals and I had no idea that we were going to be working on a parts conflict with Narin but it's what needed to happen so that she could create the change at the unconscious level and get the resolution that she needed so thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of relaunch my life radio I know it's a little different but I thought it would be useful to give you an insight as to what actually happens in NLP coaching and um, there are a lot of different tools and techniques that we use you wouldn't always use a parts integration because if someone doesn't have an inner conflict it wouldn't be applicable timeline therapy is a very powerful tool as well and maybe something that I'm able to demonstrate in future sessions but you never know what you're going to use you know because every client is different so if you have any questions or comments please contact me at julia at relaunchmylife.com.au my next NLP practitioner training is happening in Adelaide in November the 3rd to the 9th and then there's another one happening in April the first two weekends of April so get in touch if you want to learn more and as always I'm wishing you so much love and support for where you're at on your journey have a beautiful day that's this week's episode from relaunch my life radio live from australia visit us at relaunchmyliferadio.com for more and remember it's never too late to relaunch your life